Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. My name is Jimmy Palumbo. I'm the host of the Jimmy Palumbo Show with my co-host, or behind the glass, Chris Gucci. But he's not officially behind the glass, as I have a new guy behind the glass, kind of. Uh, Doug Friedman from Undefeated Media is uh, kind of behind the glass because we're here live. Um, but Chris is my guy behind the glass for 62 shows. So I think it's funny just to say Chris Gucci behind the glass. But Doug is technically the real guy behind the glass. Um, I think he got a little upset over that, Chris. Um, wow. But uh, Chris is my, uh, you know, because we're coming live from downtown Wyckoff, yes, New, New Jersey. Previously from downtown Mawa, New Jersey. <laughs> And originally from downtown Mattawa, New Jersey, home of Chop Sports Media Network, which is where the show lands on uh, Apple, iTunes, and all that stuff. And uh, also part of the Chop Sports Daily Show as well. And my uh, my host here, uh, Chris Gucci. So you're you're behind the glass, but maybe you're behind the fiberglass now. I'm not so sure on that. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking we've never really been behind the glass here. Uh, there is hopefully plans to put some glass in one day, but we're not quite there yet. But nonetheless, you can say whatever you'd like when you introduce me. I do not. Well, I think it's. Uh, I get used to saying Chris Gucci behind the glass, um, and that's you it. But this show, you are a creature of habit for sure. A little bit, a little bit, which means you know that's the way it goes. All right. Well, this is show number sixty-two. Now, again, for those of you scoring at home, I apologize because we're into the sixties now, and me and me and Chris saw this was going to happen. Um, we, as you know, we number the show to Jersey numbers, and we knew we were heading into offensive lineman territory. However, I am going to go with a guy. Uh, it's an obvious for Yankee fans to me. I'm going to go number sixty-two of the New York Yankees, Jabba Chamberlain. Um, the Jabba rules guy. Now, J Chamberlain ended up pitching a lot longer than that. He ended up seven or eight years in the league. But his big claim to fame, he had this thing called Jabba rules, and he had to, um, he they had to delay him every inning. He had to delay a day. It was all this nonsense. And most Yankees, thank God, I didn't have a podcast back then because I think me and Chris would have been all over this one. <laughs> like you get the ball, you pitch. I don't want to hear about timing it with days. It was the stupid. I think it's the top five dumbest thing. Or publicly dumb things. I don't. You know what? I think back then they actually like would state it. Now I think they do it internally and they don't tell anybody. But that's what they're doing. Well, but back then, back then it was like cutting edge to implement some type of pitch count. It was. I know it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it really was. There was a, a changing of the guard in terms of the way front offices were running baseball teams and. Nowadays, it's just understood amongst baseball media that that's what's going on. So they don't really typically ask the question. Right. But what stands right. out with me when I think about Jabba is the playoff game in Well, Cleveland. that's what I was going to bring up. On, on the fall of 2007, game two of the LDS um, against the Indians, I didn't realize, you know, I, I watched. I was at a bar in town and Ramsey uh, Brady's watching the game. And I didn't realize, I didn't realize it was Yankees were up one nothing, And all of a sudden these uh, – Maggot flies, what do they call them? There's a word I for I couldn't me. tell you what they were called, but they come around once every totally, 50 billion years, and they decided yeah, and to come around in to that attack Jabba on the mound with a one nothing lead <laughs> in the eighth inning of game two. And Biggest mistake of Joe Torrey's career. Yeah, and I think he said Torrey, that he, he was to not demand that game get stopped. Yeah, he should have. Because what happens is these, um, as the story goes, these flies, uh, mosquitoes, whatever they are, little gnats, 
they, there was like four million of them. So sur- look like Linus, whatever from the, but what happens is if you wait like five minutes, they just move, they move on. Like they don't, you know, and they were just all over his neck and the announcers were looking at it and he ended up throwing a wild pitch and they, they tied the game and all that stuff. Of course, injuries. Um, I enjoyed watching him pitch, uh, you know, uh, first of all, as you well know, I love all the fat, flawed athletes. You know, I'm surprised I'm not a huge Shaq fan, but you know, I I love the you know, Cecil Fielder and stuff. Um, and uh, he he was fun to watch, but he got and you know, Jabba we brought really, it, man. Jabba brought it when he was on the mound, yeah. so he, he was, was a little cocky, he was a little arrogant, percent, 110 um, percent. But at the end of the day, listen, this is how it goes. Nine times out of ten, and my statistics are not proven. When you're a pitcher in the major leagues. Um, we all know if you hurt your elbow, they can do the Tommy John. But when you hurt your shoulder as a pitcher, uh, you are now in the lottery of never really being good again. I'm sure you can rattle off pitchers, Chris. Of have come when you really hurt your shoulder, boy, that's tough to come back from. And uh, he was one of them. He hurt his shoulder, then he hurt his ankle playing on a trampoline. And next thing you know, he got traded. He was out of the game. And but he ended up pitching a lot longer than I thought. He was in the bigs about seven, eight years. So that's it. Number 62. Now, who's your guy? My guy, and I'm going to keep it consistent with the offensive lineman realm. I'm not going to go with a Packer. I'm not going to go with a Giant. But I will go with a guy that maybe some Giant fans might remember from an older rivalry in the 80s, and that is Guy McIntyre. He was the center for the 49ers or a guard. I'm sure he played both. But it's rare when you have a person that's my age, because I was born in 82. So he was the better part of my real young childhood. He was a part of those dominant San Francisco teams, but you always talk about the skill players on those teams. And in this case, it's very rare where someone my age could remember pretty much the entire starting offensive line from a team 25, 30, 40 years ago at this point. They had a great offensive line. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice get a little bit more credit than they deserve. Well, that was the, that was the MO on those. I mean, like, you know, he had Joe Montana, number one, he did the, he did the rollout at the four step, you know, three step drop and throw to Jerry Rice or, or the out of the Roger Craig out of the backfield, and you know that's why uh, even though it's it's, it's it was the West Coast now. offense, Air Coryell right. kind of brought the West Coast offense into the right. league, but Bill right. Walsh really changed everything as yeah, far he, as the way offenses it. were attacked. Kind of the way it's, it's really especially the way college uh, football. And if you look around way. the NFL now, every single team is but, running some form of the West Coast that, offense. Yeah. That's, at hey, least in sports. Did you ever hear Terry Bradshaw say some funny stuff? Like everybody's talking about Joe Montana is the best ever at the, you know, back in the day. Um, and still many people have him as the best ever, but Terry Bradshaw was like, what are you talking about? He was just throwing those three yard passes. I had to go back. And, and well, Terry Bradshaw days, couldn't, couldn't you know, um, hold Joe Montana's but, jock in terms no, of that's how good the they were. At quarterback. He, he was on the air and he, you know, Terry Bradshaw is very funny when he talks about his career. But he yeah, was like, of course. He goes, I, I don't know. I, I went to four Super Bowls. I won four. And all I know is I was slinging the ball 50, 60 yards downfield. But he failed to mention he was also throwing to Stallworth and Swan, who I believe are both in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, the Steel, that Steelers 70s team had like 14 Hall of Famers on it. Right. 14, yeah, so, Jimmy. But yeah, so but that guy McIntyre played like 10, 11 years, didn't he? Yeah, they played a long time. It was him, Jesse Sapolu, Harris Barton. Yeah, yeah. They even may have traded that. Bart Oates back and forth to the Giants. Was Bart Oates ever a 49er? 
I don't remember. I think he was after he was with the Giants. No, yeah. no, he, I forget where I should know it. My brother's probably watching right now and he's yelling at me. Um, and I but don't nonetheless, know very good offensive game. line, um, West Coast offense. Uh, Joe Montana goes down and Jerry Rice go down as the greats, but that team was filled with Hall of right. Fame caliber talent. Well, it's just your brother can actually chime in because we're live. So if he puts it, it in the comment it's section, my brother's watching can, on YouTube, we or can, put it he on can there. chime it in. There you go. Um, Bart Oates, yes, another good player for the Giants. So that's it. McIntyre and Jabba Chamberlain here. And now it's time for the uh, Jimmy Palumbo's uh, weight loss scenario, sponsored by Absolute Eyewear. Now, those of you scoring at home, Chris, I know you're on top of this weight loss scenario. So that is interesting. And this segment sponsored by Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey. Craig and Johnine Michaud, family-owned op- op- Okay, listen, they're the best around. You go check them out. They're full service, prescription eyewear, prescription sunglasses. They got glasses for the kids They contacts. They do eye exams over there. They got Ray-Ban, Coach Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo. I had to do a little Bob Shepard on the Jimmy Choo. Silhouette, Michael Coles, Vogue, Maui Jim, and Costa Del Mar. Uh, They got glasses for every kind of budget. You get $100 off a complete pair of glasses when you mention the Jimmy Palumbo show. That's right. And those of you, again, this is what I say about them. When you leave there, you don't feel like a jerk off. I will continue pushing that theme uh, because that's what it is. They're good people. And Chris, why are they closed on Sundays? That would be football Sundays. And why are they closed on Wednesdays? Something about a beer league softball. <laughs> softball <laughs> night, Corona construction. So that's it. Now, weight loss. Now, last week, um, was disappointing. I came in at uh, 205.5, which, um, I mean, you know, again, I'm in the Bone Crusher Smith territory here. This week, um, I had a good week. I'm on my, I don't know, 20th day of getting in my steps, as they say, and I'm going way over that, playing some pickleball, playing some softball, which I'll get to later. And I came in at 202.5. So that's a three pound weight loss. Now, the problem is this. I got to get to 195. So I got seven and a half pounds to go. That's why I called it the scenario. Um, I'm going to try. I feel like we're four games back with six to play. I think what, um, what realistic expectations need to be set here. I think you need to reevaluate your goals. And I'm not talking – it was just a – it was a lofty goal. But now that we're a little over 12, 10 days out, I would say we're about – well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna days in Thursday, so it's about ten days out, maybe even nine. You got to lose. Well, coming, I can't do it by. I won't be able to lose the weight by next Monday, but that's not my birthday. No, but so you're I'm not going to do it by Thursday either. I hate to break no, it to you. I'm coming. You know what? Listen, listen. Like I said, am I eliminated from the tournament? No, but I will come on your show live with my official weight loss, and it'll be broadcast all over the country. So, um, so I would say realistic uh, goal should be back to 200 or under 200. And then I can say, you know what, Jimmy, you got some real goals to shoot for, but if you're shooting for 195, you better hire somebody to come in and teach you how to cut weight properly as if you're fighting in the UFC, because you're going to have to drop about four pounds the morning of. Okay. The bottom line is, okay, you can listen. I know you're a big wrestler and you know, all that The bottom line is I admit it. I'm up. Listen, like I said, I think, I think six games to play four games out is accurate. But we finished with a big three-game series. I got. I get. Listen. I don't know where I'm going to finish. I'll try my best. All I know is I've been eating better. 
I've been running around doing the different things. Let's see how much I drop. I really haven't had a, one of these weeks. It could be this week. I, I, I need to have one of those big, big, now that it's getting a little warmer out, running around outside. And like you literally can't have a beer. Uh, yesterday I had at the, at a golf outing, which I'll get to in a minute. I had a, uh, I had about three quarters of a, of a Miller, a Bud Light. Um, and, uh, I ate well the rest of the day. I didn't snack. And, uh, Doug, you could say yeah. I didn't snack. I yeah, didn't eat snacking. You were eating chips snack. and all yeah. that stuff. That's all they had, me. yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of protein bars, and I ate well when I got home. So that's it, 202.53 pounds weight loss this week, and I'm hoping to, uh, you know, see if I can do better even this week. So that's it, sponsored by – I think Johnny and Craig think are still with me on this because I think it's hysterical that I have a sponsor attached to my fatness. <laughs> Talk about pressure. <laughs> Not that there's my sister giving me shit, which a big shout out to my sister and my, my brother's got COVID. My sister-in-law's got COVID. My mom has COVID um, this week. Hopefully they're being okay. They're a little banged up, but they're getting all the medication and stuff. So hope that works. But don't be busting my balls about uh, being fat. So this was a crazy week. Um, uh, first, a quick shout out to the Rutgers men's lacrosse team making the quarterfinals of the NCAA. Wow. And now I know uh, Doug here is a big lacrosse guy, um, and he didn't think I know about such things. Uh, I can't say I'm a huge fan of lacrosse, but my all my nephews and a bunch of my nieces played. Um, I think lacrosse is one of those games, awesome to play. Yeah. And I, I'm sure if it was popular, it didn't exist when I was younger. Yeah. Um, that it's awesome to play, but I think one of the truly – most unwatchable sports on television. <laughs> and it's also very unwatchable at live because usually the, 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 the football stands are small where, mm-hmm. and you're low and you look right through and it's hard to see. I, I find it one of those, it's just one of those cool sports to play. Yeah. But the, the, to watch is, um, is tough I mean, for me. It's not a TV. It sport. could be worse. There's, there's definitely worse sports out there to watch. It's entertaining. It's like hockey, no, basketball, and soccer combined. No, 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 no. But it's not a good TV sport. I don't know how Chris feels yeah. about it. It doesn't matter. Listen, <laughs> bottom line is Rutgers in the quarterfinals. Uh, now, we will get to the New York Rangers. Now, look, everybody knows that I'm a Ranger well, fan. We got, we, okay. got, we got some people saying you're wrong. What am I saying wrong? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> my sister chiming in. My brother chiming in. Uh, she knows. Um, it's great. Uh, See, I tell so you. Wrong. See, I'm the so people right. have, the people are speaking. That's because both of her children played lacrosse, but she admits I, when you go to the game, you can't see anything. And that stupid goalie's got that big tennis racket, you and they're firing stuff. the ball 100 miles an hour. Right. Anyway, I, I I enjoy lacrosse through my nieces and nephews. All right. And of course, uh, uh, Madison is an NIL member of Jobs Boards, and uh, she knows I love her dearly. I'm just not that usual. I don't get it. It's like you know, I, I, listen. I root for Rutgers lacrosse. I'm with you, Jim. Jim, I got to admit, I'm, I'm, we don't always agree, but on this one, we're in lockstep. I think lacrosse is a fun sport to play. I'm not necessarily um, – I've never really played it, but knowing the rules of it and things like that, I would definitely enjoy uh, – You would have you been all over lacrosse if they had yeah. Chloe. I, that would have – my skill set plays well into something like that, yes. I believe so. And um, just want to touch on, while we're on NIL and while we're on Rutgers – we did just release our newest merchandise for our NIL members, and that's Brian Saldano, three-time NJ state champion from High Point, New Jersey. 
newest okay. member of the Rutgers wrestling team. Probably the best recruit that Rutgers has had. You could make I the know. case He's for the uh, Suriano nice kid, but he didn't go to Rutgers out of the gate. That's a nice sign for you guys, uh, for us over at Chop. Yeah, so Sports if Media, you go over to chopsports.shop, you could check out the new Brian Saldano. This is home t-shirt. It's got a nice little silhouette of a jersey on the back, so go, go check that Chop. out. So it's uh, chopsports.shop. Uh, it chopsports. 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 Chopsports.shop. <laughs> chopsports.shop. Correct. You got it. Go check out his. There we go. All that stuff you'll also be able to see. Oh, you guys are see that he's quick behind me. Yeah. And now Doug Freeman getting involved here from the Omni from downtown Wyckoff, um, which doesn't really have a downtown. Um, let's talk about the Rangers. Now, listen, I'm a huge Ranger fan, uh, only during the playoffs. <laughs> and I uh, uh I was a, I was a big Ranger fan growing up as a kid. I played a lot of street hockey, it was big in Colonia back in the day. And uh, I think I remember in 70, 77 or 79, they lost to uh uh, the Canadians in the finals, they got swept with, you know, Guy Lafleur and guys like that. Um, but uh, listen, I don't care. I will go on. Uh, you want to talk about lacrosse not being a good TV sport. Uh, NHL, hockey playoffs, game seven overtimes. <laughs> even if you, even if like, even if you're at a bar and you stumble on it, you don't even know who the teams are. It's really the most exciting thing in sports. Uh, because... It's not like football where someone gets the ball and maybe there's a turnover. Hockey goes from three shots on goal in front of the net, the puck flopping all over, and then all of a sudden it gets kicked out. Boom, boom, boom. And the guy scores on a weird off the stick. And you're like, you go from euphoria to like, oh, my God, this is devastation. But the Rangers with a big win uh, against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins and Crosby. Thank God Crosby was out that one game. Then they probably would have lost it. But you know what? Survive in advance. Rangers won. Now, I was having some fun online. I, I know so little about the players and stuff like that. I'll be honest with you. But um, I was getting aggravated that this goalie for the Rangers was up for MVP, best goalie in the world. But, again, I'm a playoff hockey fan. All I know is Rangers were getting the lead, and then this goalie was, like, giving up. Like, now, I know there's defense and offense, and this is – Yeah, there was – you could put the goal on the on the goalie a little bit because at the end of the day, he's the last line of defense. But they were they were kind of just giving the OLA. Pittsburgh was outplayed. Pittsburgh kind of outplayed him anyway the whole series. But the funny thing was, it's just like, you know, like – you're you're a lousy sports fan and you're watching oh no we got this mvp candidate goalie and then another goal by the penguins it's like well wait a minute maybe maybe this guy sucks in the playoffs he's one of those head cases didn't he also but still he have like 40 something saves i think I know, one of these I things is so we're not really sure i how admit to judge it the i admit it i'm being a complete jerk off I just wanted the guy to not give up any goals in that third. He had the most time. most saves in the series, like a record or something. I know, but still, <laughs> I, you know what? I wanted to like what up to like the four nothing shutouts that like the the old goalies used to get. Anyway, it's great. Rangers start tomorrow night against Carolina. Uh, again, I refuse to get it. Obviously, Carolina is very good. They had an awesome year, um, but I think the playoffs in the hockey are uh, usually the rule is if your goalie gets hot. You have a chance. So I will state publicly what everybody knows. If the Rangers goalie, he's got to have an, he's got to play better than he did against Pittsburgh. I'll tell you that much. But the playoffs are different. You win game one, you get a cheap goal here or there. Next thing you know, it's two games to one. Like I know the the, the seeding and all that stuff, but um, uh, the Rangers. Yeah, 
Who knows? I don't know anything about hockey, and I don't know anything about any of the teams that are in it other than Tampa Bay won last year, and they have a chance to, I guess, three-peat because they won two years in a row maybe. Carolina's good too, though. And so that's good for the sport, I guess. But I also know that the Rangers right now are up against Carolina, and according to sources, which is Ranger fans in this building, that it's definitely a tough matchup. So they're excited for four more games, but the prospects are... We could be in trouble here. But listen, if our MVP goalie says, hey, enough, we'll be in it. Um, So, uh, yeah, that's that. I also would, of course, uh, we could talk about the Yankees. Look, I I was laughing, and Chris, I almost called you over the weekend. You know what sucks? When your team really stinks, after a while, when you do a podcast or your live show, it's like the Giants and Jets last year. After a while, you just can't. You, you just like you just don't want really to talk about it because when your team, it's just like it's like, hey, they stink. It gets like redundant. Kicking. Yeah, what are we going right. to talk about? Well, the Yankees, you know, as Yankee fans, we sometimes are horrible. Um, the Yankees are like twenty six and nine, which is up there with ninety eight. Which yeah, I they were the they were like lost. six and six. Yeah, and so they're they're playing unbelievable. So it's like part of me wants to mock out the Yankees a little bit, but it's like I'm, I feel like I'm nitpicking because they're playing awesome, and you can't really get on Boone because he's managing a twenty six and nine team. There's still a couple of things that make me insane. Uh, the Gallo thing, um, he's batting one ninety one, and his lifetime batting average is two eleven. I just find that unacceptable. Um, we were getting on Gardner last year for being a lousy hitter. And this guy, he, I don't know. I just can't. The Gallo thing will rattle my cage. Um, and even, you know, Rizzo, everybody likes Rizzo. Nice guy in the clubhouse. He plays, you know. But I got to be honest with you, you know, he's batting two, 224. Um, we, you know, we got rid of Gary Sanchez for that. Um, of course, my favorite player is Giancarlo. And Giancarlo struggling at 289, 10 home runs, and 32 RBIs, which puts him second. Um, I'm gonna, I still think he's going to end up finishing with – I'm going to make a statement. I think there's a chance that Stanton could end up with a better stats than Judge. I'm probably wrong on that. But but him and Judge, man, that is such a devastating – that reminds me of Manny and Ortiz. Could you imagine if the Yankees would have just given Judge like 15, 20 million more? He would have been signed. He wouldn't have to worry about it. We'll see. We'll see who wins that argument at the end of the year. But no, certainly judging him. And you got Rizzo in the middle, which gives you the, the lefty bat. I think um, you're going to hear something around All Star break. Yankees got to make Yankees got to step up a little bit here. Well, listen. The bottom line is they're playing great, but I think the biggest problem they're going to have really is this. I think is a huge problem. Is this uh, Chapman, Araldus Chapman? Uh, he hasn't pitched well all year. I don't care. He can give up a run. Walking guys, he's all over the plate. Yesterday gave up the home run, even it wasn't even barely a save situation. Um, You know, closers sometimes die an awful death, which means they just blow so many saves in a row, and then they're gone. Um, And the Yankees have a lot of arms. He hasn't blown. I don't know if he's even blown a save yet this year. No, but Chris. I get it. I get it. But at the end of the day, three outs is three outs. We're looking at around baseball, as far as closers go, you know, we could be we could do better because we're the Yankees. But as far as closers go, there's about ten in baseball that are, are that are solid, real good. Everyone else well, is a commander. Trying to tell you is when it gets when it gets tight in the playoffs, man, and you have a guy that's walking guys and he's play, he plays around with that slider, which I can't stand. So that could be the Yankees' Achilles heel. Who knows? Maybe they'll trade him. Um, you know what I didn't mention last week? I'm a complete jackass. We didn't mention the Kentucky Derby. Now, granted. Um, you and I aren't horse racing fans, Chris, but, um, you know, when, when a horse, uh, 
at 80 to one wins the Derby. You should at least mention it on a Monday morning. Um, but I'm about to bash horse racing. I, lacrosse and horse racing are in my crosshairs today. I'll tell you why. Okay. This is how the average fat bastard watches racing. They watch three races a year. If you're local, like if you live in LA, maybe you check out the Santa Anita Derby. And if you're in, um, oh, there's one in Baltimore, I think Pimlico, there's a couple of races once a year. The rest of it is a bunch of guys in like a bunch of loser guys hanging out at the track. It's filthy. It's dirty. It's, it's not, it's, it's, it's awful. Um, yeah, it so smells like seen, 1983. Yeah. It's awful. wherever you, it's whenever awful. you walk in the, the sports book, it's brutal. Right. Even the Meadowlands, they said, Hey, we got a nice track here, but let's, let's abandon it and build one on the other side of it, make it smaller. So it looks like there's more people here, but the bottom line is this, and this is, this is for my brother, Frankie here. You got the Kentucky Derby. Wonderful. And they've been running this race for 5,000 years. People get dressed up, blah, blah, blah. I love it. And there's 20 horses in the race. And the NBC does a really cool job of actually anybody who watches the pregame of a Kentucky Derby. I got issues with, but they do a whole big thing. They glamorize. It's like the Oscars, right? It's really cool. And this horse was, was, uh, was drinking at Riffy's with me on Friday before the Derby gets a call. They throw this horse in a truck. They get him to the race on time. And, out of nowhere, he comes ripping by and blows everybody away uh, and wins the Kentucky Derby. And now everybody's going nuts. Wow, what a good thing. Of course, I didn't mention on my podcast the next day. I suck for that. But now the next race is the Preakness. Now, the average fan, that fat bastard like me, here's the rule. You watch the Derby. Whoever wins the Derby, right, you root for in the Preakness because then – New York City area, Belmont, everybody goes nuts to see if the guy can win the Triple Crown. That's what these big – it's all about seeing if you can win the Triple Crown. And what happens is if the, if the guy doesn't win the second race, then it kills Belmont, even though they, they draw 100000 for that day as well. Much different crowd than the Kentucky Derby, I assure you. So this horse, they announce, we're not running in the Preakness. Now, I know this has happened before, but this should be – I, I, I would uh, that horse should be glue. I don't understand. You won the Kentucky Derby, and now you have a chance for triple crown. And if, even if you have a chance for the triple crown, that means your 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 sperm alone will be worth ten million dollars. Okay, and and now you're not racing. We need him to have five weeks off. Chris, please tell me you agree with this a little bit. I, it's like you gotta. I know I you have a hard win. time. When we're sitting here and saying, like, are we are we feeling bad for the horse for not getting the glory? Because I know when they did the ESPN top 100 athletes, they had like four horses in it, which is absurd to me in, right. in general. Which I agree I just with that. I couldn't understand well. that, that aspect I think of it. You should but mention like Secretariat. That's yeah, you, you got to let the horse race different. because he's a horse and it's a race and they run and that's what they do. So they I run. get maybe don't I don't know the ins and outs of it and what goes into training. But at the end of the day, it's still weeks. just a, a little. A little gallop, no? It's horrible. I don't get it. Uh, he should be racing. It's terrible. Um, so uh, that's my point on that. So I, I, I it's, 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 uh, I call bullshit. And, uh, you know, that's how I feel on that one. Or maybe now, they could say like, if the horse goes in there and gets the shit kicked out of the horse, and right now it's at its stock is at its all time high, so the sperm is worth a lot because it just won the Derby. But because it was an eighty to one underdog, the chances of it actually repeating aren't good. So it's like 
do you if you're going to be guaranteed the number one pick in the draft do you play in the bowl game probably not i wouldn't just from winning one race i don't think that the, the, the little uh Sammy and the horse, the horse went after after the Kentucky Derby. It's sperm day here on the Jimmy Blubber Show. After the Kentucky Derby, the horse went after a bunch of other horses and was trying to attack. So maybe they're. Right. But you like that? I was like, so now yeah. as horses have to play defense now. It's just horse mental health issue. Maybe it was he was just horsing around. You know, some the oh. trainer went up and said, "Hey, what's with the long face?" Good evening, everybody. God. And that segue, wow. I'm going to segue into. I'm going to be talking about my stand-up gigs this last weekend. And, of course, I decided to sponsor my stand-up gigs. is sponsored by CornholeLevel.com. That's right. Corn Stars. If you go to CornholeLevel.com and you put the promo code in JP Show or the uh, Chop Sports code, you get 20% off. Uh, now, this actually have it now. This is what it is. Those of you at home, this is, this is the entire thing, okay? This little gadget here. Costs you $19.95 with the discount, probably costs you $17. And what it is, and here's a, I got my buddy Mike Caprio made me up a gorgeous little uh, thing here. This one is you hook this onto the hole and it totally balances it out. Inside this thing is a little like leveler hole thing and you got to get it in the center. So all you do is just move it this way, that way, get the angle right. And this thing is engineered to get the right angle to, fro, back, all these different things. And all you do is get it, like if I do it right now, I have to move it a little bit and this way, sorry. And now it's perfectly level right there. So this is the sponsor, CornholeLevel.com. It works all the, com the cornhole boards. It's small enough to take with you anywhere. Use indoors, outdoors, barbecues, tournaments. Um, it's really a cool little gadget. It's, it's, and it's great because I'm gonna, what, what I like to do, and this is a fun thing that I think that I'm going to be known in the industry is this. Whenever I have a sponsor, I bash what they're doing. Um, I love this gadget because I, 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 anybody who says they're good in cornhole, let me explain what cornhole is. Cornhole is like the, the, the wussy version of like uh, shooting horseshoes, you know, playing horseshoes, shooting horseshoes, you know, tossing horseshoes. Let me tell you, back in the day, real men with these horseshoes would go to the back away from the kids because the kids could get belted when it would spin around. And men went up there and, and when you hit it, it clanged against the thing, you know, and sometimes it would roll away and someone had to say, watch the kids. There was always a four-year-old nearby, blah, blah, blah. And what I loved about that is occasionally my dad would play horseshoes at Springwood Swim Club. Now, my brother, if he's watching, is going to laugh. We're not horseshoe people. We're not cornhole people, okay? That's because my dad swung a hammer every day of his life, okay? So he would go to on a Sunday afternoon. And he would play with these guys, you know, school teachers and stuff who were like playing horseshoes. My dad didn't know the rules, didn't know anything. He would grab the first horseshoe and he would just play. He'd have a glass of wine in his hand. He would usually throw the first one. It would either be short or deep. And they would go like, hey, Art, it's not a hammer. What are you doing? Well, my father would like look at the guy like, oh, wait a minute. You, you need me to toss this thing towards that little metal thing? And after that, all you heard was clang, clang. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say my father was good at horseshoes, but like, my, my attitude being, like, I'm not good at cornhole, but I tell you what, if you brought me to a barbecue, if you brought me to a non, a sober event where someone said, hey, Jimmy, I'm going to give you 25 minutes to practice, you know, cornhole. I'd be like, okay, if you do that, though, I'm as good as anybody at your barbecue that you're ever going to have here. So what it is, it's like pickleball. 
It's so easy to play. You're you just got out do of it. your mind. Oh, please. <laughs> it's a it's the easiest game to play. You're out of your it, mind. First of all, it's not bowling. It's not it's not tennis. It's easy. You take this thing. You throw it. The problem is when 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 regular people play cornhole, you 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 have a beer in your hand. You're flirting with chicks. And if you're if you're listen. And, and Mike Caprio, the owner of CornholeLevel.com, which you should, everybody should own one of these if you have a cornhole thing. The funniest part is if you're in, if you're in like a hopping party down the Jersey Shore and there's chicks all around, you're drinking, have a good time, and you have to take a timeout for your flirtatious moments with girls and go play cornhole, I got a problem with that. that was Chris, I know you would never do that, Chris. How's that a bad thing? Flirting with the girls between throws. So no, here's what you do. Here's what you do. <laughs> You get the you, girls you, to play. Then you, say, then you say, "Hey, do you? I need a cornhole teammate. Do you want to play?" And yeah, that's what you do. But then, you, but that works. So for now about five we're thinking minutes. you're playing chess. Uh, you're playing checkers. I'm playing chess in that regard. And first of all, everybody that plays cornhole eventually you look like Boog Powell. Okay? Now, can I just say that's this? Maybe you were right about the just the regular barbecue. But, you know, you run into these people, too, that talk about this when they say, "Oh, beer pong. I could beat you in beer pong." There's people that okay. take this stuff serious. They I know will, they do. They will run you and right and, out of the game. You'll play okay. a kid that's nine years old that will not miss in cornhole. Okay. When I say will okay. not miss, I mean ten in well, a row. But, like but Steph that's because Curry. I didn't get the hit. You know, you're I not know doing my brother's that. agreeing with you're me. You're not like, doing if it. You give, if you give me and my brother an hour with, with a cornhole, okay, we're as good as anybody at the barbecue. Well, the now, good I'm thing is, guys on the good thing is we have this barbecue on June 26th that we're going to get the – Check it all out. There'll be some oh, cornhole. Mike is going to be there with, with his little stand, and we're going to set it all now, up. And now, I'll now, beat your ass in cornhole. You could have your brother there if you'd like. Listen, first of all, if we're going to play cornhole, it has to be an official cornhole level uh, thing there, Chris. Okay? Cornholelevel.com. You have to have this gadget because I'll tell you one thing. If I'm going to practice for an hour to be as good as anybody at the barbecue, and my brother will agree with me, so will my cousin Joey, uh, the bottom line is you got to have this gadget for 1995. Go to cornholelevel.com, and this will get your official cornhole at the exact specs that the U.S. Division of Cornhole Society of America says you have to be at. And give me an hour, and I'm as good as you. It's the same thing with beer pong. We, we actually had to change rules. I never, I, I would play beer pong occasionally. We had to change rules that we actually had a way to play defense. It was a lot of fun. But um, again, it's not somehow cornhole made uh, horseshoes manly. All right. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, so that's my thing. But go to cornholelevel.com and put in JP show, JP show, or chop sports and get your discount. These are cool as hell. Uh, and it goes right on the thing. It's awesome. I think you're going to get a kick out of it. And we're going to market the hell out of that for my boy, Mike Caprio, who used, who used to play second base for me. But I also made an egregious. This is the anti-advertiser show. That's what my wife called that. Because uh, I said that my, uh, Mike Caprio played second base for me, forgetting completely that for 31 years our second baseman was none other than Mitch, the Hitman Fishman. Mitch Fishman played second base for Corona Construction for a hundred years, and not only he used to always try to retire, but he would show up just like to hang out with his flip flops. And then next thing you know, we only had nine guys. He was playing second base again. And only until he just got older and didn't want to do it anymore. And Mike Caprio came in then. But then Mitch did the book, which when you're running a team, doing the book and writing the lineup down, that's more important than playing. Like So Mitch, by not playing, actually became more valuable. Because number one, 
we got to have a young gun in there. And I need someone to do the book. And Mitch knew all the names, where they're from. So a big shout out to Mitch, the hitman. And also he was a great hitter too. Uh, he always got a lot of ton of hits. That's why we called him the hitman. Um, of course, I'm the all-time leader in Corona construction hits. There's not, it's not even close. Um, which, so that's that. Also, um, uh, I had to give the best thing about Mike Caprio of CornholeLevel.com is that he swung at the first pitch no matter what. I always bring this up on the show, but I have to. If the pitcher walked eight guys in a row, uh, Mike will get up swinging at the first pitch and fly out and look at you like, what? And part of me totally agrees with that. You're there for one night a week. What are you walking for? But when you're down like 6 nothing in the seventh inning, he's trying to get runners on base, he swings the first pitch. So that's it. That's my softball thing. Now I will tell you my stand-up. Um, I did stand-up at Bananas with Joe Matteries. And Bananas moved for the ninth time. It's now at a different hotel, the Renaissance, right near the Meadowlands. It's in one of those locations near the Meadowlands. Chris, I'm sure you've been up by Giant Stadium. It's one of those hotels that I would be like, Chris, I could tell you where it is, but you just have to be like, it, it's it's a, the name of this hotel should be called the Renaissance GPS Motel Hotel <laughs> because it's one of those hotels that's like, it's right by the, well, you got the, uh, you know what, just, Put it in your GPS and let it guide you to the parking lot because it's like you got the that that road that comes in, the turnpikes coming behind it. It's like, it's like I couldn't from my window. We had we had a room for the night. I looked out and you, the Giant Stadium is right in front of you. I even joked if like if there, there was a Giant game the next day and it was people from out of town, like oh how do we get there? I'm like, well, um, get in your car and put the GPS on. It's, it, the stadium's right there, but good luck getting there. Uh, North Jersey people will find that funny. It's just in that one spot, you know what I mean, Chris? By like different roads at 120. And it's where it's, everything meets, so you can get pretty meets, much anywhere. Look, and you can't get on that. Like you have to drive four miles to get on the turnpike. Meanwhile, the hotel is on the turnpike. But we had a, we had a good show. We had two shows. Um, Friday, uh, we had a seven o'clock and a ten thirty, or seven thirty and ten. Uh, we had a nice crowd there. It's in like a banquet room. They have it set up. They're just getting things organized there. Uh, I had a decent set. Um, we had uh, Undefeated Media was there. Doug here uh, videotaped it. You're going to see some bits of that show uh, coming up soon. When he's he's got like 15 hours of editing to do. Oh yeah. Um, I, I I just I just I had a good set. I made the classic mistake. I have a timer on my phone, right? I was supposed to do 20 minutes. So I was going to put the timer at 17 minutes. My wrist will vibrate, and I know I got two or three minutes. So I get off like a jackass. I didn't hit the button. Or if I did, it didn't go on. So I'm on stage and I'm doing okay. And I'd made the classic mistake of going over. When you have two shows, you got to get the first show done because you got second show coming in. And I did like four and a half minutes over, which is a shitty thing to do. Uh, but uh, it was great because uh, then Joe came in and Joe had a, I got I to gotta admit, Joe had a killer set, man. He's doing this whole remember the 80s thing. And he's just, uh, he's one of those wonderful comics that, um, you know, he's not a star or anything, but he's just a real good 30-year veteran of stand-up and, and being a headliner. And uh, he just, the audience just was, uh, really, really enjoyed it. And we had a killer show, the second show, which was nice. And uh, so that was really cool. That's my stand-up thing there. Um, now, I don't know, did you hear about um, uh, this baseball card uh, autograph losing kid? Did you hear about this? No. This kid. Rare that you're going to. In, uh, inform me of some type of uh well it, it, it's a big story it, it, it's a big story maybe you just missed it you'll probably read it today 
Um, I love stories like this because it tugs at your heart. The kid had like this autograph book and he would get different autographs, you know, and he was a little kid, 10 years old. And his parents were enjoying that. He would finally be able to run up to the players. He was a little shy and stuff. So he had this really awesome book and he finally got DJ LeMayu's book. And then, so his parents were really, he really like valued this book that he had all these different autographs and some baseball cards and stuff, but they were running around at the stadium. They went to a game and they got up to a player and, whether it fell under his arm, all his autographs, gone. They ended up contacting the Yankees. They went back in. They looked under the seat. They looked here. They looked there. The whole thing was gone. The kid was like, he couldn't even speak. He was devastated. It's like a little kid his whole life with these autographs. So the mother, late that night, they felt really bad for the kid. She just went on social media. She didn't want to do it that way, but she just said, my little boy, heartbroken, please, if anybody can find this book, well, it went viral because some news reporter down in uh, Florida, um, I think it was Florida anyway, or no, upstate New York, I'm, I'm with whatever that was. Some news reporter picked up on it and she, you know, ran with it. And what, what happened was everybody started sending him autographs. Like Yankee fans were like completely like, oh my God. So they, everybody just started sending him like bags and bags and they had to go through it to make sure that his binder wasn't in there. And there's one guy who got um, he, he got attacked by a shark in like 1968 when he was a little kid. It screwed him up, but he's still alive and all this different stuff. And Mickey Mantle sent him a ball. And he really felt that this ball should go to someone who, who gets it. So this guy actually got in touch and he uh, sent him an autographed uh, Mickey Mantle baseball. And they were getting like tons of mail every day. And finally, in the mail was... DJ LeMayhew sent him a signed autograph ball and good luck, but he was getting all these notes and letters. Uh, just one of those feel good stories. And they didn't get the book back yet, but he said to his mom, I, I, I feel the love and I, I don't even care if I don't get my binder back. Yeah. I would imagine the Mickey Mantle ball makes up for it. Just a little <laughs> yeah, I bit. think so. And, and even DJ bit. LeMayhew sending me a note, but, but, and this is where I, I'm see occasionally now, listen, I know uh, sometimes, Chris, you're, you're overrated as a producer and sometimes you're underrated. But I, I know you're going to blitz. Uh, you're going to blitz behind me. Palumbo and, and Chris Gucci are coming on this blitz. Whoever stole that binder or has that binder, is he not the biggest piece of shit ever? Especially if 100 percent found it on the floor. But when you you don't try to return that. Are you kidding me? Like, if they find out who did that, I know social media has a way. Like, I'm sure these detectives. There's also out. a chance that because it's just a book and it might have just gotten thrown away at the end I of the day. I, I did, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying. But you agree, though. Like, yeah, like, you're a scumbag. It, like, I'm dealing with something I'll, very similar in my own if, life if, right now. And, you know, Ashley got her car stolen a couple of weeks ago and they uh, even returned some of the stuff. They even I'll, left some stuff. Yes, see that? Well, maybe you can get her like a Derek Jeter sign ball or something. But the bottom line is, you must. I'm pretty agree. sure you have to you have to do something to get that in the whole J Derek Jeter world. You know, you get that That's gift true. basket. I have Derek Jeter World Series ball from his rookie year. But I just think whoever, like in your heart, if you have this binder, will you mail it back to the kid? Will you please? And then please do it anonymously. <laughs> I don't. Care. I know my show doesn't have the reach as a news reporter, but I, I I'm telling you right now, if we find out who stole this binder. Chop Sports Daily Show, which is on every day at 11 o'clock, and the Jimmy Blumbo Show are going to go full bore and call him this guy a piece of shit. Will you agree to that, Chris? 100%. Here you go. That's all I wanted. Um, 
So, yeah, I thought that was a cool little story. I think it's on ESPN.com now. Um, So yesterday I did something very interesting. Uh, I was a heckler at a golf tournament. I was on the third hole, and my job was to sit there and watch these four, you know, fat bastards come up to the hole and probably paid $500 a person to play golf. And all I had to do was bust their balls. Of course, that was uh, uh, undefeated media got me the gig, and I hate to throw them under the bus, but I got so very little information on this gig. I didn't know any of the players. I also didn't know how far to bust their balls. And you know, Chris, if me and you were sitting there and we, we were in one of those moods, <laughs> we would eventually get t- you know kicked out of the golf tournament. Because just like, yeah, and one guy, one guy was like 500 pounds. He went up, and I'm thinking – how can I not do, you know, uh, the friends material, you, you fat bastard or anything like that. But of course he hit a 600 foot bomb off the tee. And I was like, you know, I, the only joke I could say, I just want hey, to put his weight into it. But I had a blast doing it. Uh, in the beginning, I was a little tentative. I didn't know how far some guys, you know, those, you know, those creepy people that are really into golf where they, they, they can't bust balls during, you know, it was called the heckle hole. So I'm, you know what you play 18 holes of golf. It's, by the way, golf should only be 12 holes. You know that, right? That's going to be a new rule. I'm in charge of the Olympics, as you well know. Now I'm going to be put in charge of golf, and it's only going to be 12 holes. And it's going to be three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 12 holes. You're and, it's, and it's not going to be who has the least amount of strokes. It's going to be who finishes fastest. So it's like, yes. ready, Speed go. Speed is part of it. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're on the clock. Anyway, so these guys come up. And there were some older guys. Some of the old, one guy was like 82 years old. And he was making joke. I feel bad. They have to bend over to put the tee down, and they were struggling a little bit. And then he just casually hit like a 250 yard gorgeous drive up the middle. But like, I was enjoying the guys who suck because I'm like, oh, that's so me. He's got the he's got the right shorts on, the nice shirt, and he just rips it foul. Um, but something creepy happened. Uh, the second or third group, yeah. uh, and Chris, you would have died if you were there. And again, I'm feeling my way through this, you know, and so. The first guy go went up, and he was mad that they had to wait because the, the the first tee went. Uh, it's the third tee, went over a hill, so you couldn't see where people were. And the the big fat guy who hit the bomb, he came back to us and said, "Hey, I just hit it over the women that went before me. I'm I'm embarrassed. Tell the next group to hold up." So when the group walked up, I said, "Hey guys, we got a little log jam over there. There was six women that went in a row, and they have to drive to a separate tee." So. We just got to wait a minute here. I thought we were going to take the minute to heckle and bust balls about golf and stuff. And this one guy was like, what's going on? What's going on? And then the, the, the heavy set guy, he actually put his cart where we could see it. And he was, you could tell he was standing there. He was going to let us know when it's safe to go. Cause you can't hit a golf ball over like this hill where you can hit somebody. So this older guy's kind of being pissy about it. And he's like bitching and moaning. So he goes up to the tee. And of course, I'm like, ah, good evening, everybody. A lot of pressure here. You're going off the tee. You know, it's always the guy bitching and moaning that's going to hit a lousy tee shot. He stops what he does, right? He walks toward me in a weird way. Did you feel the Chris like, Rock, Will Smith vibes right well, here? Well, what well, was weird, and we have it on video. It's, we're definitely going to post if it's as weird <laughs> as I thought it was. Thank God Connor, Conrad Dobler was here, was there, um, because he looks at me, he goes, do you know what pressure is? You know what pressure is? Pressure is when you don't have enough money to feed your feed your family. And it was like, I was like, uh, I was like, I went, well, I'm in showbiz. I know all about that. And then, uh, and then he walked off and he said, uh, I said, ah, you know, getting involved over there. He's like, well, you know, 
well, you know, you're showing me no respect. It was the weirdest moment. And you know, Chris, I felt like a boxer who got hit in the first round and you're really not the same to like the seventh round. <laughs> like I was like, I, I was basically comp instead of heckling, I was complimenting everybody for like three. <laughs> so, so everybody <laughs> like, hey, understood nice. at that point though, anybody that was present for that moment knew who the jerk off in that situation was. Oh, and it no certainly doubt. wasn't Matter the guy hired to be a jerk off. Well, you know, that's, like, that's what your job, job was. Yeah. My job was to be a jerk off. And the guys, and, and the fact that he said like food for your family, it was just an awkward. I don't know if it came out wrong from him. That You should have just through. been like, oh, I guess you mulliganed on the last hole. Maybe you should have just I, I hit would, him with like you something know what, dude? quick like that. It was like such that. an odd thing. I froze for a second <laughs> and I waited till everybody left. And I looked at Connor and I said, I said, dude, was that like as shitty as I thought it was? He's like, yeah, that was odd, man. It was very odd, you know? And then another guy, Brandon here has got uh, he's got two earrings, right? Whatever. God bless America. He's 22 years old. And some guy's like, oh, you're heckling us. We should be. And he's a crew guy. He's on the side. He doesn't have a microphone. He's behind a camera. He's behind a camera. So like Chris, he's like not part of the show, right? And the guy goes, oh, you should be heckling him with the two earrings. And again, it was like, the what the fuck was that? That's still a is thing? I thought that was like, what are we, in 1991? Okay. See, regardless. 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 Of that. <laughs> regardless. <laughs> But but the thing is, I was the guy. I was that would be like you know uh, you know not mocking out as Isaiah Thomas as as an executive for the Knicks. It was like, and I I didn't I didn't even say anything to to Brandon until later on after the event. I was like, dude, by the way, that was a cheap shot by that jerk off. Um, but the rest of the time we had a good time. It's for a charity. They raise a lot of money. It's a cool thing. Uh, White Beaches Golf and Country Club, beautiful place. Um, it's so funny. Some of the older guys can't hit it far, but they hit it straight, like perfect. Something I can't do. And some guys hit it like there's nothing better when you watch a guy who's dressed to the nines. He's got three thousand dollars worth of clubs, and he sucks. So it's like you feel like saying, like, dude, you know, my 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 uh, my golf shorts are from Coles and Marshalls, but I, I suck just like yeah. You but do. you know what? Wherever he's getting his clubs is probably his version of Coles or Marshalls. Because if you're if you're a rich guy and you're going to golf, I'm gonna buy the best clubs. I don't care. Well, right, listen, if I had like the 30, money, it's like 30 grand to join this club and 30 grand a year to, to do it. Uh, they have, you have to buy food at the restaurant. And so yeah, I'm and sure his thousand dollar clubs really ran them. Yeah. You know. And then you have to pay for your fees and guards. You get nothing. And then all that combined with the pressure of having to feed your family. Imagine. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Another, you know, to me, it was a typical Bergen County piece of shit, but that's another story. I digress. <laughs> Middlesex County here getting it. At least Some I know venom coming from that. the Palumbo. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was kind of cool. Um, but it was fun. You know, it was uh, nice to be out and running around. That's something we hopefully uh, build upon. Yes. And we're going to, you know, I, we're going to get, I, I was playing song. It started to rain a little bit. And actually the thing got after about 15 holes, it rained. Thank God. And I was playing on my phone, raindrops keep falling on my head. I was playing Sinatra's uh, Let Me Try Again after I hit a shot, which was uh, next time we do it, we're going to have all kinds of special effects. We're going to have fun. And um, But let's uh, – now, you you did catch the ending of Ozark. Now we're caught up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all good there. We, you like we the were all good there last week, though. I, I knew you, about you it. you did like the way it ended? Yeah, yeah the, the only thing that I didn't like was – just the amount of events that took place in like the final two days that were life altering events that didn't alter their life one bit. Right, and they right. just proceeded as if they didn't just get into a near death wreck and all these things. And then it's right. just, and now all of a sudden 50 people get killed, but nobody reports. I get it. But um, you know, they had to tie the show up and they did a good job of it. 
you know, there's. I love it. The kid shot the guy. You don't have any questions. I hate shows like The Sopranos where the show ends and oh. you have questions about what's going to happen. It's like we you should have answered that. That was what the final show was for. The Sopranos was uh, the worst ending of a TV show of yep. all time. It's not close. I would tell that to his face. I thought I sat on the remote because it ended. I thought my ass hit the remote. Um, that was horrible. Um, winning time. Lakers. You finally caught the end of that, I'm sure. Yes, yes. What did you think of that? I mean, it's it's hard because we talked about it, and you want to believe that this is all how it went down, but knowing that it's not true, it's weird. We talk – you know the end game, so I knew how this story is going to end. It's just right. now well, I have to, to do a little bit of research and figure it? out exactly – what isn't I, isn't true are you having yeah you have I, I it didn't bother me the first five episodes i was like all right because i don't know enough about the lakers but then all of a sudden you start to remember things and all of a sudden you're like now i'm really i actually i, I i'm i'm struggling with the non-truth truth thing yeah um, i think there was enough I, I, there it was wasn't enough good stuff just is. to keep it truthful and it would have been just as good i think the embellishment is what towards the end, because especially as some of these guys that they were portraying started coming out, you know, Jerry West is the lawsuit. He's trying to have them retract the yeah. entire show. And yeah. I don't think he'll succeed there, but point being is now it's the NBA, the NBA could, uh, yeah, I think the NBA has ways of not being able yeah, but to, but the use... NBA has also probably got paid for it. You know, the I don't NBA, know. I don't know. I just, I think I wish they would stick to the truth and not make like, you know, uh, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind them making Spencer Haywood look like a jerk, but really Jerry West and even Jabbar comes off as a uh, weird, but uh, I enjoy the show. It's a fun, they, they make Pat, Ra- Pat Riley look like a peon in the beginning. Yeah, and he's and, one uh, of the greatest basketball minds in the last 30 time. years, 40, 50 yeah. years. So, so the one of the things I wanted to discuss um, here on this uh, wonderful live show, what time we got, we got time. One thirty-two. Yeah. Yeah. We could go okay. all day. <laughs> okay. Uh, Okay, I'm going to discuss a movie um, now. Now, I every every I hate to bash movies because I'm in the business, but I'm going to do it on this one because I, I, there's certain things I just don't understand, and um, uh, it's the movie uh, The Batman. Okay, I actually watched this. Streamers, hey, let me check this out. People have been talking about it. I I don't understand movies like this. Number one, it's the 27th time. Uh, they're doing Batman again yeah. and they're not doing, it's not like it's Rocky where it's Rocky eight, Rocky seven. This is the same movie. Again, it would be like if we do a movie called beer league and, and uh, you know, I don't know, we change it. Like we play in Texas now. I don't know. It's the, that they added the, the, <laughs> which um, that annoyed my soul. This movie was confusing it was dark. Now, I don't mind the dark Batman stuff that he's really insecure. I get all that. I'm talking about physically dark. I had to, I actually looked for the TV remote. I had to put the brightness on. It was confusing. The story wasn't told right. Uh, you, you, you start rooting. Within 15 minutes, I'm rooting for the villains. <laughs> the, the, the actors are awesome. Colin Farrell is all makeup up. You, know, you can't even tell he plays the, uh, the penguin. penguin. Uh, and the reason why I'm not going to judge the actors because I couldn't see who the actors were. Batman was in like, like you couldn't see him. And even as Bruce Wayne, every, you physically, you know what it's like? I'm going to take my, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my uh, my phone. 
I'm gonna go into a closet and I'm gonna uh I'm gonna do I'm gonna tape a video of myself and post it. And all you're gonna see is black. It's just me talking. And then I'm gonna make loud noises all over the place. And I'm gonna say, Oh my God, that was such a great TikTok video. You couldn't see anything, it was confusing, you didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh then you have the, the cat woman comes in uh out of nowhere, and you don't even know what's going on there, and he makes jokes like, Oh, you got a lot of cats here, like okay. I was looking for the, the, the Batmobile. The, at least they showed that a little bit. But even that, all the little, he's not a superhero. So he has to rely on gadgets because he's like, a, you know, that's the whole thing. He designs all these crazy gadgets on his uniform that help him. The only cool thing was he puts the contact lens in his eye and that makes him see things like a DVR records what he sees. I thought that was cool. But even that, what they recorded through the eyeball, you couldn't see. This is ridiculous. And by the way, like, no 10-year-old kid can go see the Batman. Number one, they'll be scared shit. Number two, they'll be bored to death because it was two hours and 30 minutes. This no, was it was like, longer than that. It was three hours. Two hours, 56 no, minutes. Was, two fifty-six, Whatever it was, it went on and on. I was using the fast-forward button. I, you know, I, the, the, and yet, I know globally these movies do $700 million. I guess that's why they make them. But, like, why can't we... like? Who whoever did the lighting? I mean, I know it was directed by uh, by Matt Reeves, and he did all the Planet of the Apes movie. Uh, listen, the Planet of the Apes movies are like uh, you know I don't know, like the Wizard of Oz compared to the, this the Batman. Um, I don't understand. Like whoever did the lighting, there was even there. What did they? What did they? They used a flashlight to light this thing. <laughs> uh, it was confusing. You didn't know what was going on. There's backstory to the Batman. Which version are we going to choose? Um, uh, Zoe Kravitz is hot, nice body, the Catwoman. But what the hell was that? Yeah, it was odd. The whole thing was very, very odd to me. Colin Farrell has all this makeup on as the Penguin. Uh, someday, uh, if I could see him, I'd like to see him in the movie. My brightness button didn't go up that high. Um, just for adults only. I mean, no, there's no way a 12-year-old, 11-year-old kid liked this movie. Now, Chris, I was hoping that maybe you say you go to the movies with your nephews. Did you take him to that? No. My nephews are on the fence about it. They like it because I feel like they were so committed to the to the fact that they were going to like it. So they okay. like all this that, shit well, anyway. But no, it. HBO Max, I gave it a shot. And now this is what I, there's two things I want to bash about this movie. One being the movie itself. And then two, you're, you're, um, you telling me yesterday to watch the Batman, right? So you tell me yesterday, after you're exhausted, I know the but day I, of I thought I told the you day earlier. before that I'm supposed to watch. And now I get this homework assignment and it's a three hour movie and I'm like, okay, it's Batman. So at least I'll be interested. It's like, not so bad. Did, it was I like watching black though. and white history channel <laughs> from fifth grade on a film strip. And I fell asleep about 40 minutes I, in. So this morning, what I did was I had a fun conversation as I was doing the daily show prep. I was like, I didn't get to watch Batman. I was like, should I just read about it and fake to Jimmy or should I just let him know that a three hour movie on 12 hours notice, that's not good. Yeah. But when you told me, did you know, did you know at the time that it wasn't good or you? No, I went in blind. So no, no, I'm talking about when you, when you sent me to watch it, when you were like, Oh, go watch Batman. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was awful. Cause I was hoping I would, cause you know what? In this morning when I, when I called you, all you said was, Hey man, regarding the Batman, I tried to watch, and I, I knew it wasn't 
like you could have ended that sentence with, "Hey Jimmy, I tried to watch, but I was real busy at work." But I knew by your facial expression, you were that like, it was just not watching. Like, I fell asleep, and I'm thinking to myself, "This is Batman. This is Batman." And wh- when is a superhero comic strip movie? I tried to watch. And the thing I mean, about that's... superhero movies, I always give the benefit of the doubt in terms of believability and things like that because you know it's it's geared towards kids and it's geared towards this other world of things that are possible that wouldn't be possible in ours. So I... understanding all that, I give the benefit of the doubt. This movie to me was unwatchable, even I'm... if you sat down Listen, and did it over the course of four sittings. I just can't. I'm, get in, past I'm it. in negotiation right now with Marvel Comics. We are instead of Batman, it's going to be called the Johnny Trino, and Johnny Trino is a superhero. And what happens is, when someone's in trouble, he comes flying in on a on a softball bat and hits a guy in the head. No, it's uh, just like it's, it's even it's even more so. You could even do it more niche down than that, and you could be like when somebody needs a ringer for a softball game and they need somebody to come in and pinch. What do we call Johnny Trino? I come fly. It's, it's got to be some magical power or something. Um, which, by the way, I did play softball yesterday and. I was so aggravated. I played right field, played decent in outfield, but I hit another dribbler. I, I was like, this is crazy. And then finally I hit, I hit a harder one, the third. And then finally I got up. I was so angry. The third time I got up, it was an anger at bat. I was like, Jimmy, you can't be this fat and shitty in softball right now. I hit a rope up a John Carlo rope over the third baseman's head. I was like, I'm back. So it was only one for three, but I got, I got to solve this. I can't go out like this. I can't go out like Gardner. I cannot. I have to be, I have to access my inner Giancarlo. All right. Well, that's the end of our show. Really quick, though, I'm doing stand-up June 1st at the Stone and Rail uh, in Glenrock, New Jersey. There's an impressionist going on before me. I'll be headlining numbers 201-345-0709. Call for tickets. Tell them Jimmy Palumbo sent you. 175 Rock Road in Glenrock. The Stone and Rail, right by the train station. You can't miss it. All right, Chris. Well, um, I have a booking right now for something for Amazon, so I got to scoot. It was a pleasure. Um, and we will um, we will see you next week with a very special guest. And thanks, for everybody, for waiting an extra seven hours. We're going to send you the file, and you're going to put this right up on uh, Apple iTunes right now. Yeah, I could just put it up today. A big shout out to Undefeated Media and and uh, Doug here, who's kind of behind the glass. He's, I didn't realize how big of an ego he has, but oh, I have wow, to. Wow, wow, all right. Well, now I gotta have. I'm the only show. I got eight downloads. I got two guys behind the glass. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and what you know, I, you got I, five people watching right you know now. What, what are you talking I'm about? I'm gonna have Dave. You know what, Chris? We're going to have Dave on the show next week. So I'm going to have three people behind the glass, one for each studio that I operate out of. Um, but that's it, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Go on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Shitter, TikTok, whatever. And uh, Chris, have a good one, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, buddy. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>